It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The primary. Trump is in. Who else is getting in? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about why I actually don't care we don't have the Senate. Why are missiles dropping in Poland? All that and so much more on I'm Right. Okay. Everyone's looking at 2024 now. Everyone is. That's what happens. As soon as you have an election, you start looking to the next one because we all want something fixed, right? Trump made his big announcement last night. Not exactly breaking news. Everyone knew that was coming. Everyone knew it was coming soon. They telegraphed it a week ahead of time. Trump is officially in the race. Allow me to extend a heartfelt congratulations to all the MAGA faithful who are doing backflips today. Their guy's finally in the race. Uh, if your guy isn't in the race, it's going to be a long, long primary, all right? And Ron DeSantis is getting in. Please understand when I say Ron DeSantis is getting in, Ron DeSantis has been building a presidential campaign team for months. Months, he has. He's getting in. It's just a question of when. Probably going to wait a while I would argue DeSantis has a timing problem. When do you get in? You see, you just got reelected governor. Trump isn't elected to anything. Trump can get in whenever he wants. DeSantis probably looks a little slimy if he gets in. You know, next week, Trump's in. I got to get in. So he's got to wait. How long do you wait? Probably will depend on what the polls look like. 
who knows about polls. I've seen now four or five Republican primary polls that show DeSantis up on Trump and up significantly. But if you're a Trump person, maybe you're mad right now, hold on. It's going to be a long, long primary. Does it look like a two-man race right now? Yeah, of course it looks like a two-man race. I don't see how anyone else can get the traction necessary. It's going to be Trump. It's going to be heavy D. If you've got that heavy D bumper sticker on your car, good for you. If you've got the Trump bumper sticker on your car, good for you. I, I don't ever have a guy. It's not my thing. But I get why it's your thing. I'll just My only word on it tonight is going to be this. It's fine to have a guy. Fly that flag, right? It's fine to have a guy you believe in all the way. Fly that flag. Trump's the best. Save it, America. Only DeSantis can save us. That's fine. Fine. Always keep, at least in the back of your mind, though, we are in a generational fight against the communists who have infected this country. They have infested everything here, and it will take generations to remove them. It's one race. It's, it matters, don't get me wrong. President matters, it's important. Even if we win everything in 2024, Trump wins it all, DeSantis wins it all, you will still spend the rest of your life fighting against these people, and so will your children. Where there are bigger things than any one man. Just always keep that in mind. You can have your guy, just keep that in mind. And keep in mind that beyond the Trump heavy D primary that's coming, we have a GOP that's sick and it needs to be cured it needs to be purged i should say you see we've had the way they've always done things for a long time in washington where you and i we go to the polls and we have to vote for these crappy republican candidates who promptly go to washington dc and accomplish nothing and they don't stand for us oftentimes they work with the other side what's the big news of today Mitch McConnell, he just got reelected as the minority leader. He's going to be the GOP Senate leader. There was some dissension. That's a good thing that there is dissension beginning to rise. But Mitch McConnell leads the Senate GOP. And when I thought about that, I thought about election. You remember the election just, just a week ago, a little more than a week ago? And the day after, the days after, maybe even still today, we were kind of sore about it, right? I'm, I, be, I have been. I bet you have been, too. Just, ah, man, <clears throat> that sucks. I've been feeling it. We don't have the Senate. We got the House, a narrow majority, but we don't have the Senate. But the more I thought about it, I was sitting last night and I was brewing on this. The more I thought about it, the more I thought back to, well, videos like this. Senator Cornyn, who, as you know, I asked to be the point person on our side to see if we could come to a, an outcome uh, after these horrible school shootings. And his uh, teammates indicated, as you have reported, a coming together behind a, behind a framework which hopefully can be turned into legislative language and passed. Um, for myself, I'm comfortable with the framework, and if the legislation ends up <coughs> reflecting what the framework uh, indicates, I'll be supportive. That was the leader of the GOP Senate 
directing John Cornyn to work with Democrats to take away more of your gun rights in the wake of a school shooting. Just surrendered the narrative to the communists. It is about guns. And it wasn't like it was just McConnell and Cornyn. Now, after that, because of Mitch McConnell's leadership, 15 Republican senators voted with Democrats to take away your rights. So let me ask you something. Why am I supposed to care that we don't have the Senate? What, 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 what are the Democrats going to do? Pass trillion dollar bills? Republicans did, did that with them. Pass gun control bills? Republicans did that with them. Why am I supposed to care? I'm done caring about a party that doesn't care about me. Oh, the GOP doesn't have the Senate. The GOP doesn't deserve to have the Senate. They don't deserve your support or mine. I'm done with the low T GOP. Start finding someone who actually represents me in, G in, in Washington, D.C., instead of representing D.C. to me. That's what we need. All right, let's talk to Julia Kelly. Julie, okay, so we're stuck with McConnell, and you know how much I hate the low-T GOP, but there's something else that I'm very, very, very concerned about, what this means for any potential FBI oversight. This little exchange with Christopher Wray was pretty eye-opening. Did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even we are, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Should be a no. Julie Kelly, author of the book January 6th. Julie, why isn't it a no? Because it must be a yes, I'm assuming. Um, look, this surveillance video that we can't see, right, 14,000 hours as I write about in my book, it's been under tight uh, court order protective seal. Um, DOJ and U.S. Capitol Police will not let the American people see it. My hunch is that someone like Representative Higgins, who is on the Homeland Security Committee, maybe saw some surveillance video or saw something uh, to prompt him to ask that question. I've never even heard that question asked or anything raised like that. So Christopher Ray should have said flat out, no, that's absurd, Representative Higgins. Of course we don't have informants dressed like Trump supporters planted inside the building before people are allowed inside. Um, and so I hope that Republicans do a little bit more digging, a lot of digging, Jesse, as you and I have talked about. Um, I was at a seminar this morning in DC. I heard one uh, House member, Republican House member, talk about a target-rich environment for investigations. Let's hope they follow up on that. And Christopher Ray needs to be at the top of that target-rich uh, list. Okay, well, this is what concerns me, Julie. We have this teeny tiny majority now in the House. Do you think that's going to cow the GOP from going after these people the way they must in order to save the country? 
there's definitely that possibility. And we know that there is a lot of cowardice on the Republican side. But what's different now, Jesse, I think, versus 2017, 2018, when the only guy you could rely on was Devin Nunes, and he was single-handedly exposing Russiagate, even as his own Republican colleagues were working against him, right? They opened up a House judicial uh, and ethics inquiry into him, his own Republican colleagues. But what we have now, Jesse, is a huge mound of evidence about the weaponization politicization of this FBI, not just Russiagate, but also the January 6th uh, investigation, targeting parents at school board meetings, going after pro-lifers. You also have all of the evidence from two federal trials in the Whitmer Fed napping case. I mean, that alone, Jesse, that alone could be not just a whole hearing, but take up the time of an entire congressional uh, committee. Uh, and then of course, now the revelations confirmed this week in court uh, that the FBI ran numerous informants into both the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers months before January 6th. So they have a lot of evidence. They're not going to get away with, oh, we don't know. We're not so sure. Well, you're sure. Here it is. Now do something about it. What happens to the January 6th committee now? Well, it's interesting. Uh, they have delayed their report now twice. So it's supposed to be published November 29th. Um, and per the statute, the committee is automatically supposed to dissolve 30 days later. So conveniently, that will be right before Republicans are supposed to take control of the House. What's also interesting, Jesse, is not only the revelations about the FBI informants and Christopher Ray's non-answers, the January 6th committee um, has said that they are not going to include in the report any criticism or scrutiny of law enforcement, including the FBI. What was interesting, and so ironic about Representative Higgins' question, who cut him off? Who told him his time was up and did not force Christopher Ray to answer? Benny Thompson, the head of the January 6th committee. He's also head of the Homeland Security Committee. Now, don't you think of truth fact finder like Benny Thompson would force Christopher Ray to answer, would force Christopher Ray to explain the informants that they ran into both of these militia groups that have been the fixation of this committee that they're trying to tie to Donald Trump to accuse him of insurrection or obstruction? Um, it was so ironic that it was Benny Thompson who shut down that line of questioning to Christopher Ray. So to your point, that January 6th committee will be dissolved. But true fact-finding, truth-finding about January 6th now will go to, I believe, the House Oversight Committee, if not a separate committee investigating all of DOJ, FBI corruption altogether. Julie, be honest. What do you think of the mustache? I, I dig it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right, all right Julie. Fine. In all seriousness. Jesse, in all seriousness, do we I, believe the FBI instigated January 6th? Do we believe that? Yes, I think that the FBI was part of it. I mean, it was part like it. of a main part of this inside job that was January 6th. Yes. Go read her stuff. I read everything she does. Julie Kelly, thank you. You're the best. I love the mustache. I really do. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. Thanks, Jesse. Sadly. The wife doesn't agree about the mustache. You see, it's already I'm already I've been growing it out all week. As soon as this beard is back in, the mustache is fading away. Losing an old friend. Alright. Christmas is almost here. Christmas is almost here. 
How great is that? I know we still have Thanksgiving, but at my house, believe me, the Christmas lights are already up, and it's crappy Christmas movies playing. Christmas is almost here. And since we're all broke now, thanks to Joe Biden, we probably should look for ways to buy cool gifts and save a bit of money, huh? Yeah, I've got one for you. I'll show you. Hang on, i got to fish it out of my pocket. See my sweet little wallet? It's where all my cards are, right here in this wallet. Now look at this, all right? Look at this. Why aren't they coming out? It should be coming out, right? No, they're locked in my wallet. How do I get them out? I simply squeeze, and they all pop up, and they lock back down. Every dude I show this to, I've showed this to all my buddies, is geeking out on this. Ladies, you want a gift for husband, son, father, grandfather? Grip6.com, promo code JESSE. The loop is optional, so you can get the loop or not loop, but Grip6.com, promo code JESSE. They also have the best socks. I've. Oh my gosh, their socks are freaking wonderful. Good socks are the most underrated things out there. Grip6.com, promo code JESSE, gets you a special discount. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Into that, I've added this new book that's coming out from John Paul MacIsaac, uh, the wonderful hero of the Biden laptop story, uh, who was the computer repair shop owner, of course, and um, just the travails that he had and how the FBI uh, abused him. He trusted them and they buried the laptop. He was savvy enough to suspect that. He kept a copy and he managed finally to contact Rudy Giuliani and the rest is history. Uh, but in the meantime, he's been harassed, driven out of business. The IRS came after him. Uh, he is a true American <laughs> hero and I hope everyone gets his book, American Injustice. It's out uh, at the end of this month. Gosh, we do. I'll tell you what, I'm having them on. I'm going to promote that daggone book. Well, there he is. I want to hear the story. I want you to hear the story from the horse's mouth, if you will. Joining me now, John Paul Mac Isaac, author of the book American Injustice. And if you want to understand just how corrupt, just how insanely corrupt the system is, go buy the book American Injustice and you will understand an administrative state that has been fully weaponized against the enemies of the Democratic Party. John Paul, pretend like I have never heard of this story before because sadly many people have not, thanks to our media. Who are you? How did all this begin? Give us your story. Take all the time you need. Well, thanks, Jesse, for having me on the show uh, and giving me the opportunity to tell my story. Uh, I wrote the book uh, because I had felt like I had been prevented from telling my story. Uh, I tried to share my story when the story broke and my story was stifled and my narrative was replaced with the uh, Russian collusion narrative. I then tried to hold Twitter accountable in a court of law and then that failed. And so I figured court of the public opinion was my last chance and it's pretty hard to uh, 
to shadow ban on YouTube a book. So uh, I wrote the book to uh, chronicle what I went through, hopefully as a cautionary tale so that, you know, when another election happens, we can uh, take a closer look at how influential our, our federal agencies are with our social and mainstream media. Okay. Well, tell us. We don't know. What happened? Well, uh, the, the book starts out in uh, April 12th. Uh, 2019, when Hunter Biden came into my shop with three liquid damage laptops. Uh, after a brief inspection, I was able to check in one. Uh, he agreed to the terms and conditions and uh, came in a couple days later to drop off a drive when the data recovery was complete. Uh, he then requested that I pay for or that he pays for it uh, electronically. I sent him a bill and then I sent him a phone calls, multiple calls, and he never came back to pick it up. During the recovery process, uh, I saw a lot of disturbing material of a personal nature. Uh, really, you know, was disgusting, but didn't uh, put any fear into me until his father decided to announce his candidacy a couple weeks later. Uh, so I just figured at that point in time, a Secret Service agent or a Biden fixer-upper was going to find the piece of paper that Hunter was in possession of that clearly said I was allowed to recover data from his electronic devices. And I figured it was just a matter of time before somebody came to the shop looking for that laptop and looking to make sure that I kept quiet. Uh, when the laptop became my property in the middle of the summer, I did a deep dive to make sure the criminality that I did see was an actuality criminality. Uh, and then I knew that the best course of action then was to go to the FBI. I didn't trust the FBI. Uh, after witnessing three years of the uh, weaponization of the FBI and the Department of Justice during the Mueller investigation, uh, and then recently, uh, back in January 2019, watching Roger Stone's house getting raided by the FBI and CNN, I was kind of concerned that this was uh, not the best course of action, but when you stop believing in a system, then the system's guaranteed to fail. And I, I knew in my heart that the FBI was where this information needed to go, that they're the nation's top investigative branch and this is their job. So I uh, enlisted my father, who's a retired colonel in the Air Force. He uh, took a copy of the drive to the Albuquerque FBI in October of 2019. Uh, they promptly kicked him out of their office, said, don't talk about this, and lawyer up. About a month later, the FBI approached my father uh, in an effort to get a hold of me. Uh, they succeeded, and in mid-November, the FBI came to my home, where I once again tried to give them a copy of the laptop, or give them the laptop. Uh, and also alert them to data that I had seen on the laptop that I felt was relevant to the impeachment hearings that were taking place at the time. Um, unfortunately, they didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, they did contact me a couple weeks later and said they wanted to swing by the shop to collect everything or to actually to bring a forensic guy to do a forensic clone of the laptop. When they showed up at my shop on December 9th, 2019, they didn't bring a tech guy, they brought a subpoena. And I think the agents were surprised because I, I don't think they had ever seen somebody so happy to be served a subpoena in their life. I was just delighted that this was in the hands of the FBI. I had a phone number I could call if somebody came looking for it, uh, and and hopefully justice would be acted on. Uh, unfortunately, when the ev evidence of that laptop uh, never was submitted as evidence during the impeachment trial or for the White House's defense, uh, I knew that the FBI probably threw it in the Potomac or this thing was never going to see the light of day. Uh, I then enlisted my father and my uncle, again, both retired colonels in the Air Force, to knock on members of Congress's door to try to alert them to this laptop and what the FBI was up to. Uh, 
this of course was during the height of the pandemic and Russia collusion and basically we our cries for help were met with uh, closed doors and deaf ears. So uh, it was finally in late August of 2020 that I decided to trade my fear of getting exposed uh, for courage. And I reached out to Rudy Giuliani's office, uh, spoke with his lawyer, Bob Costello. And then on August 28th, I overnighted a copy of uh, Hunter Biden's laptop to uh, Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. And uh, the rest is history. October 14th, uh, the New York Post ran the story. Uh, my information was outed and I had to, in about three weeks, due to death threats and fears for my safety, I had to close my business and flee the state. Um, and then, uh, yeah, basically I'm, I'm now fighting tooth and nail to make sure what happened to me doesn't happen to anybody else, that our, our weaponized uh, federal agencies don't work hand in hand with our social and mainstream media to uh, block a story with real consequences. The IRS come after you too? Yeah, I think last, uh, about a year ago, I got a, a letter from the IRS saying that I owed $57 on my taxes from 2016. Uh, so I also had trouble with my uh, unemployment. The uh, I was filing, I paid in unemployment with my business for 10 years, and this was exactly the kind of scenario that was there for me to kind of give me that cushion, because I wasn't expecting to, to lose my business uh, so rapidly. So. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I was denied unemployment. They kept throwing my, my case file away. And finally, I had to write a letter to the governor questioning if this was a politically motivated in any way. And then uh, lo and behold, or as Joe would say, son of a gun, you know, they, uh, they delivered my, uh, not all of it, but some of my, uh, my unemployment, which has definitely helped. I hope you land on your feet, John Paul. I am sure you will. I want people to go get this book, American Injustice, not just to support John Paul, so you can find out just how despicable the administrative state of this country is and how frightening, frankly, it is. John Paul, I applaud your courage, my friend. Thank you for what you've done. Hey, thank you for uh, allowing me to share my story. Of course. Wrap your mind around that. Gets a hold of a laptop legally showing Joe Biden's son doing criminal things, calls the FBI and proceeds to have his entire life destroyed for it. Death threats, business gone, IRS, can't even get unemployment. Now, remember at the beginning of the show, we were talking about the whole Trump heavy D thing and I told you there are bigger things at play here than one man. There are bigger things at play here than one man. Believe me when I tell you we are, we are in some trouble. All right. All right. Don't worry, we're not done. You've got you to make sure you stick around for lighting the mood tonight. <laughs> All right. Before we get to that, let's get to this real quick. My sons have smelly feet now. I don't know when that happened. It was like overnight. But 12 and 14, now their feet smell. They do. And not only do their feet smell because they're little hellions, when they come in from outside, and they're getting dirty and they're playing sports. They come inside with these sweaty shoes. They just chuck them on the floor in the mudroom and just head into the house. They don't put them away. They don't even, they don't ever think to leave them outside. Just chuck them right there in the mudroom. And then you walk into the mudroom and you almost die from the toxic fumes. We had to move an Eden Pure thunderstorm in there. All the odor. It, it, honest, these things are miracles, man. All the odor, gone. You walk in the room, if you weren't looking down at dirty shoes, it smells like you're in a field somewhere. 
Eden Pure Thunderstorms are the best. They sell three packs for my viewers for $200 off. $200 off. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's how you get $200 off a three pack, all right? Free shipping too. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Remember when I said earlier in the show there are bigger things than, you know, Trump, DeSantis, 2024, Joe Biden. There are much bigger things. We have to think bigger and more broad. There are world-changing forces, and not for the good, doing very, very evil things, and they're doing them now, and they're going to keep doing them. Klaus Schwab is somebody people don't understand when you try to tell a non-political neighbor, friend, brother, they'll roll their eyes and say, oh, get off the internet, conspiracy theorist. Klaus Schwab is the leader of something called the World Economic Forum. Longtime viewers of the show will know this already. The World Economic Forum is this massively powerful body that is currently working hand in hand with the United Nations to implement a plan by 2030. You should know that while your neighbor's rolling his eyes at you for telling him about Klaus Schwab, Klaus Schwab has everyone from Joe Biden to Xi Jinping on speed dial on his phone. This is a massively powerful human being. And when this human being gets up and talks about things like transitioning, you really need to understand what he's saying. What we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. That doesn't sound bad, right? Fairly benign. The restructuring. It's, it's transition. Structural restructuring. What's, but what's he talking about? Here's what he's talking about. You must understand this. Until you understand this. Until, well, I know you probably do. Until your neighbor who's rolling his eyes understands this, they will never understand the stakes of the game we are in. All the leaders of the Western nations... They all think like this now, just like Klaus Schwab, that Bond movie villain you see right there. They all think the exact same way. What do they think? What is, what's wrong with our structure? We have to transition. He says we have to transition, that we need a restructuring. So what's wrong with our structure? Well, the leaders of the Western nations, they view your freedoms, you know, the free countries of the West, they view your freedoms as being something horrible that holds the world back. You and your freedom of speech. <laughs> work in the job you want, right to bear arms. These things are ridiculous. Private property? Why are, we, why are the peasants allowed to even hold private property? Klaus Schwab, the billionaire tech guys, all of them, they all feel this way. They all feel as if they are kings and queens. You, you're a peasant. So you have to give up your freedom. That's the way they see it. Your freedoms are holding back the world. It's holding back them from guiding the planet, the great men of the world, from guiding it the way they want to guide it. But here's the problem. You don't want to give up your freedom. I don't want to give up my freedom, right? Ah, uh, no, I like being free. So that creates a problem for them. They can't just take it from you. They have to find a way to get you to give it over to them willingly. 
Who would do that, though? Who would take freedom and hand it over to some cabal of elites who would rule over us? Well, somebody's scared that if they don't, something worse will come along. That's why they've made most of this World Economic Forum stuff about climate change. The climate change, the climate's changing, the, the, the rivers are drying up, the world is heating, the world is freezing. You see, you would never hand over your freedoms unless you felt like you had to, unless you were scared. They're trying, working very hard to make sure you're scared enough to hand over the freedoms you have left because if you don't, the world's gonna burn, right? It'll be the end of the world if you don't give your freedoms over to me, peasant. Give me those freedoms. So when people like Joe Biden talk like this, you really need to understand this is how all the Western leaders think now. Against this backdrop, it's more urgent than ever that we double down on our climate commitments. Russia's war only enhances the urgency of the need to transition the world off its dependence on fossil fuels. It's just a transition? What are you worried about? Oh, freedom to drive a car. Give that up. We have to transition. Don't you know? Russia, climate change. There are big evil things happening on this planet that go way beyond a midterm election or 2024. Big things. Always remember that. All right. And also remember this. You're not stuck in your timeshare. You think you're stuck because you've called. Right? Hey, I don't want my timeshare anymore. You've emailed. Hey, can you let me out of my timeshare? What do they keep telling you? No, sorry, I can't do it. No, you didn't read the fine print. I'm sorry, you're stuck in there. You're, you're stuck. Maybe, you're, maybe you've accepted that by now. Oh, dang, it sucks. Lone Star Transfer will get you out. You're one phone call from freedom. Lone Star Transfer has helped over 16,000 people get out. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They call their shot like Babe Ruth did. They guarantee they'll get you out in writing and in a specific time frame. That's confidence. Go make one phone call and have freedom. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646 or LoneStarTransfer.com. We're still gathering information, but we have seen nothing that contradicts President Duda's preliminary assessment that this explosion was most likely the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile that unfortunately landed in Poland. And whatever the final conclusions may be, the world knows that Russia bears ultimate responsibility for this incident. Okay, I'm so confused. A missile landed in Poland yesterday, and Zelensky came out and said it was Russia, and now I find out today it was Ukraine, but it was air defense, but it's, I don't know, I can't make sense of anything. And this is why I hate this whole conflict. I don't trust anyone or anything except for Brian Dean Wright, because he always comes in here and shoots us straight. Of the great President's Daily Brief podcast, less than 20 minutes every day, get boned up on all the news. Brian, okay, but who shot the missile? Is it a big deal? Is it a small deal? Who's attacking Poland? 
Oh, my gosh. What a mess. Well, we all predicted this. The longer that this war would go on, the more these kinds of situations would happen that would potentially escalate because of an, uh, you know, on purpose or an accidental shooting like this. So here's the deal. Yesterday, very early yesterday, Russia shot a whole bunch of missiles, around 100 of them into Ukraine, blowing up lots of things. At that same time, there was an explosion inside of Poland. Who did it? Well, the Russians said it wasn't us. Poland said, holy smokes, we think it probably was the Russians. They picked up the phone and started talking to other NATO members saying, we think we were just attacked by the Russians. Let's get together and talk about potentially responding against Moscow, except NATO and others to include the United States said, we're not real sure that that's true that Russia actually attacked Poland. We actually are looking at the trajectory of that missile. And we think it came from inside of Ukraine. Now, right now, uh, Ukraine's President Zelensky says, nope, definitely still wasn't us. Everybody else to include throughout Europe, uh, the United States and Moscow saying, no, it definitely was you, Ukraine. So now we have this very strange situation. Who really shot the missile and why? Now, the official story that you just heard from our Secretary of Defense is it was an accident. You know, it was one of those air defense missiles that just went to the wrong place. But it's also possible, isn't it? that the Ukrainians did this on purpose. In the middle of this salvo, the Russians are sending all these missiles. They're like, you know, what if we sent one into Poland? That would get everybody excited and that could potentially draw more people onto our side more firmly. Would that lead to potentially World War III? Yeah, but who cares, Zelensky says. We just want everybody in this war and we want them on our side to end it. So who see, who knows what's gonna happen next? There's an investigation, but right now Zelensky is still saying it wasn't their missile. It was Russia's. Okay. Let's deal with the missile thing for a second here. Is it possible? I, I, look, I was just a dumb mortarman. All right, I know rifles and mortars. Is it possible for a missile to just go to the wrong country? Because that, that doesn't seem good if that's possible. Well, so we have different missile systems involved. We've got a Western missile system and then the old Soviet systems, which actually both the Russians and the Ukrainians are using. That technology is old, and normally if it misses what it's supposed to hit, the newer ones, the Western ones, actually self-destruct. But the older ones, the Soviet ones, that again, both Ukrainians and the, and the Russians are using, those just keep flying until they finally run out of fuel and they crash and they blow up. So is it possible that one of these uh, air defense missiles was trying to strike one of the Russian missiles and then missed and then it just kept flying? Not real sure. The investigation will detail that out. But what's interesting is Linsky knows that. He knows it's possible that one of his own missiles actually struck in Poland. But he's sticking with his story. Wasn't possible. It definitely was the Russians who attacked the Poles. Okay, uh, Brian, this is, this is how I view this conflict. And please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong about anything. Scumbag A, that's Vladimir Putin, corrupt scumbag A, chooses to invade the nation of corrupt scumbag B, Zelensky, and now they're in some kind of a stalemate, only corrupt scumbag B has the backing of the Western nations, Vladimir Putin's still in the fight. The only people I feel bad for in this entire story are the Ukrainian people who've been bombed out and murdered and have their lives upended. I have a very hard time caring about this conflict because I don't like either of them. Am I crazy? Nope, spot on, brother. I will tell you that the numbers of Ukrainian citizens who have been killed are upwards of 40,000 people. So you oh. are absolutely right to have a gut-wrenching response to this war and to want it to end. One other quick piece on this. 
when Ukraine says, hey, the Russians are attacking, it's sort of like the tail wagging the dog. They're telling us in Europe, hey, get more involved in our war. They're acting like they're the senior partner, and that's the big risk here. They're gonna draw us into a conflict that we really should be managing differently. Okay, well, that, uh, that makes me not the most optimistic, especially after what Mark <laughs> Milley said today. Here's what Mark Milley said. Ukrainians are not asking for anyone to fight for them. They don't want American soldiers or British or German or French or anybody else to fight for them. They will fight for themselves. All Ukraine is asking for is the means to fight. And we are determined to provide that means. What does that mean? That's a crock of Maloney. Look, what we know is both the United States and Canada have boots on the ground, both intelligence officers and special forces officers. That broke in the press officially in August, but we've known it for a lot longer than that. So for him to say that the Ukrainians don't need us or the West, uh, you know, boots on the ground, that they'll do their own fight, that's just baloney. Although I will say one thing that Millie has said the last week is that, look, we should use this winter time when it's cold, morale's down, everybody's was freezing. Let's try to push for peace. He said that last week. But interestingly, the U.S. State Department is actually saying, no, we got Putin on the ropes. Let's keep moving this war along. We don't want to sue for peace right now. We're winning. So we've got a division within the Biden administration. And in fact, between the diplomats and the generals on this. So that's something I'm watching. Okay, so the general was talking about peace and the State Department wanted more war. Wow, things are really yep. going well out there. All right, let's, let's, let's change gears here. Joe Biden goes over, sits down with Xi Jinping for three hours. God only knows what Xi Jinping came away from that meeting thinking about us. But he's talking about Taiwan. Joe Biden gets up and says, no, 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 no there's no immediate invasion of Taiwan. Brian, are they going to invade Taiwan? Well, we have heard from the Chinese for years now that by the year 2027, that's when they want to take back Taiwan, no matter how they got to do it, right? So 2027 is the 100 year anniversary of the Chinese army. So we are absolute, absolutely looking at the next number of years, ramping up this potential of conflict. And in fact, the leader of what's called STRATCOM, the guy in the United States who helps oversee the nuclear weapons of this nation, he said that in the next few years, we are likely to face war with China, that the warm-up, he called it, in Ukraine is getting us ready for what's to come. And we are going to be tested in ways that we've never been tested before. So we are hearing sort of this official happy talk uh, out of Indonesia between Xi and Biden. But every other indicator, both in the U.S. military, the intelligence community, and their peers in China, everybody is saying, look, we have different interests. They want Taiwan back. We don't want them to have it back. That is going to lead to a conflict probably in the next three to five years. Oh, wonderful. All right. Update us real quick on the clean, dirty energy out there. Oh, my gosh. So many great stories. Look, 40 coal fire power plants that were supposed to go offline and be replaced by solar. Not going to happen. Those power plants are being extended for at least three to five more years. Why? Because we can't get enough solar panels. Most of them are made in China, but largely most of those are now stuck in our ports because they're made by slave labor. And we have a law that says we're not supposed to buy that stuff. So we are pushing back our dirty green revolution a little bit because we just can't get those solar panels, which is sort of hilarious. And the obvious point that so many of us have been making that we are pushing ourselves into this new industry that we don't control, whether it be the solar panels or inside of the batteries. China has over 80% of that manufacturing and mining capacity for things like lithium and cobalt. Bottom line, 
Dirty green energy ain't ready for prime time, but yet we're still pushing forward nevertheless, except we do still have a little bit of coal left in this country and natural gas and nuclear, and we're gonna be holding on to that stuff for a while longer. Good. Brian, it's the President's Daily Brief Podcast. Thank you, my friend. As always. All right. We're gonna lighten the mood in a second. Before we do that, I got an email here I loved. I love when you send me emails. Dear handsome sir, that was my favorite part of the email. I've been taking the women's vitality stack for six weeks now, and I hate it. She's talking about the women's vitality stack from Chomp. After a hike in the hills of Montana, I loved nothing more than grabbing my dog and taking a nap by the wood stove. Now, I'm all stinking wide awake and wanting to be productive. How stupid is that? And I don't even get the shakes and sweats after the pre-workout to let me know I'm all energetic. Seriously, this is great stuff. Thank you for recommending Chalk. Says her name is Jeannie. Fellas, male vitality stack. Ladies, women's vitality stack from Chalk. You want to feel 20 years younger, man? This stuff is amazing. I've been taking it for six, seven months. We're not talking about, about big pharma filth either. Natural herbal supplements, all natural. U.S. manufacturing. And did I mention Chalk? Hardcore anti-communists, just like you and me. Go get a subscription today because they're selling them 35% off. Cancel it anytime. If it does, you know what? I want you to cancel it. If it doesn't do what I tell you it's going to do, cancel it. Go to choq.com, promo code JESSE, get you that 35% off. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE, get a subscription. We'll be back. All right, that was a long show. That was a lot to go over. It's time to lighten the mood. And we have producers who work on this show, and they apparently have way too much time on their hands because do you know what producer Matt came up with? Today is apparently, I'm not making this up, National Charles Day. Now, maybe you're sitting there saying to yourself, man, that must be an important Charles. What Charles? Who are we honoring today? That's where you'd be wrong because, uh, and I quote, this is a day dedicated to celebrating and increasing awareness of the name Charles. That's, that's all the day is. It's just celebrating the, the name Charles. So look, if we have to do it, we'll find our own Charles and our own Charles Schumer gets a shout out today. Senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection. If they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection. Incited the erection. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.